Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The PATH Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the PATH. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. All right, let me tell you a little bit about this plot here for Avatar. Uh, anybody that, how many of us have not seen it? Let's see. I don't know how much to get. Okay, a number, but I guess, okay, how many, if you have not seen it, keep your hands raised, please, if you have not seen it, okay. Out of the people who have not seen it, how many of you saw the first one? If you did see the first one, keep your hand up. Oh, wow, so it wasn't good. I, th- I thought it was like revolutionary when the first one came out. The first one, no? Andrea, you're looking at me crazy, like, no, the, the first one, like the, the effects, I mean, it had been so long in, 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 in waiting for the next one. Okay, next one is this. I'm just going to tell you about the second one. 16 years after the first one, the Navi people took their stand against the invasion of their land, Pandora, uh, by the Resource Development Administration, or RDA. Uh, Jake Sully, uh, he was the hero here, and uh, he now lives as the chief of his people. He's raising his family uh, with his wife, and uh, they have four kids total. Uh, Three of them are their own, two boys and a baby girl. They have an adopted daughter as well. Uh, And then they got the cousin. You know, everybody got that play cousin. They got that little play cousin called Spider. And Spider, he's the Pandora-born human son of the late Colonel, who was the villain of the first one, okay? So uh, since Earth is dying. The RDA is back. They're trying to take over and colonize Pandora, make it the new home for humanity. And so in order to do that, they make these avatars implanted with the memories of soldiers that had already passed away, one of them being that colonel that was the villain in the first one. And so basically, he kind of comes back to life um, with the implanted me- with his implanted memories through the avatar. And their mission, of course, is to uh, hunt down and kill the leader of the insurgency, Jake Sully. All right? So they try to go in there and take over, um, but they fight them all. So after fighting off the avatars uh, the first time around, Jake is forced to make a decision. Do I stay and fight, endangering my family and my people who I've been trying to protect, or do I run? Do I walk away and live to fight another day? If you were in this situation, what would you do? Would you rather walk away, live to fight another day, or fight? Stay and fight. What would you do? Okay, we... We're, we're split, pretty much split half and half for most of these questions today. Somebody's got to win. Get on, get on the phone. Let me know what you would do. Walk away or stay and fight. About half and half. We're at 32-32 right now. Man, I wish I could hear all the, uh, the answers here today. I'm sure we'd have a good discussion on YouTube. You can tell us why. Uh, but I did not put a slide here for us today. For us to discuss it. I, but I would love, maybe that's a good question in the fellowship to ask each other. What did you decide to stay or did you decide to walk away? 
Let's see what Jake decides to do. Let's go ahead and show this first movie clip. Tarsem is wise for his years. He will be a strong Aloiktan. The leader must die. So the leader can be born. Torukmakto will disappear. The people will be safe. Jake decided to walk away. And that's my first point for today. Sometimes you got to walk away. Now the scriptures are filled with stories of men and women who had to walk away. They had to leave something behind in order to receive something that was greater. You know these stories. Abraham was called to go right, to a place that he did not know where he was going, a place God would tell him. Uh, Moses ran away after committing murder, uh, only to return and lead his people on an escape mission. Um, They literally, the Israelites, they ran for their lives. You can find that in the story uh, in the book of Exodus. Exodus literally means going out or mass departure. It literally means leaving, running away, walking away together. The story of Ruth starts with Naomi and her family leaving Bethlehem during a famine. David ran from King Saul, was hiding out. Later, he also ran when he was king. He ran from his son Absalom when there was a rebellion. Mary and Joseph ran away to protect Jesus. And now Jesus, as we're going to read right now, comes into the picture, starting his ministry, and he starts calling his disciples, calling people to walk away from their current situations and follow him. Sometimes you got to walk away. Mark chapter 1, verse 16. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, his brother Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. You see, there's no way that we can follow Jesus if we don't decide to leave something or someone behind. Sometimes we have to walk away. Now, the problem is that too many times we just want Jesus and. We want Jesus and 
We want to fish for people and still keep my job. I want, to have, I want to have this relationship and Jesus, Jesus and this or Jesus and that. I want to keep my old habits. I want to keep my same lifestyle. But I just want a little Jesus with me as I go because he's going to help me along the way. He's going to bless me. You see, but Jesus told the disciples to come follow me. He didn't say, I'm going to follow you. Sometimes we just want Jesus, come on, follow me. I got this going on. I got this going on. Come bless this. Come, come on. As opposed to the hearts that we need to have if we're going to follow Jesus to say, okay, Jesus, my number one priority is to follow you. So I got to look at whatever is hindering me from doing that. And they even, it may even be good things, but I'm willing to leave those things behind. I'm willing to walk away for something even greater to be on mission with you, Jesus. Some of us holding on to our whole lives whilst trying to start new ones. Old relationships, old habits, even old failures. And we just don't know how to let them go. But we can't ever get to where God wants to take us if we haven't left behind what's been holding us back. Sometimes you gotta... Could it be that staying... Is overrated? Could it be? Well, Annie Duke seems to think so. She recently released a book called Quit, The Power of Knowing When to Walk Away. She points out that we live in a culture and a society that teaches us to never give up. Keep fighting by all means necessary. You got to have grit. And along the way, just grin and bear it. Quitting is for fill in the blank. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> What'd y'all say? <laughs> okay, y'all with me, huh? Fill in the blank. Quitting is for, okay. But she makes this point. The ability to quit and quit well is at least as important a character trait as sticking to things. Because your goal in life is to stick with the worthwhile stuff and quit everything else. That means that over the course of your life, there will be a lot more quitting than sticking. And so I, I thought that was great. I, I, this book really helped me just to uh, expand, expand my thinking on what it means to walk away from different things in my life. And really over the last year, since I turned 40, I was like, okay, what do I need to keep as I go into this new decade and what do I need to let go of? And it was good because as I read this book, we found out, I found out that Annie is a professional poker player. That's right. And she confirms the old adage, you got to know when to, <laughs> y'all with me today, y'all <laughs> got to know when to hold them and you got to know when to fold them. That's right. That's right. She says, you know, that's the difference between really great poker players and amateurs like me. I'm an amateur. I, I, I'm not very good at poker. I'm just not patient enough. I just, I ain't patient enough to play poker. Folks like to stay in there and, and, and play all night. I'm like, I'm just trying to win and go. <laughs> Great poker players see their hand as a piece of the puzzle. Um, they, they see, they don't see the, everything in one hand. They see it as a long game. That every hand has a, a part to play in in the whole kind of game that they're playing. And so obviously, 
They don't measure their success on one hand. They measure it over a course of time. They try to get out of losing hands quickly while investing their time, their money, and resources into the hands that will make the most money for them. Now, that's another reason why I'm not very good. I don't like to lose. So I'm like, I'm trying to win every hand. All in, let's go. Let's get it done. I win or at least I get to go. Now, I may not be very good at poker, but you know, I try to win every hand. So, I, you know, it's a different story when it comes to spades. You know, because that spades, I can win every hand. I'm trying to win every hand, you know. And, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, every men's retreat, I, I got I to gotta teach the brothers. I got, I got to remind them, you know, at our spades tournament. You know, what it feels like to win. So that's, that's one of the things as you, as you go ahead and register for the men's retreat, get ready. Get, get your partner because uh, we will be playing. Um, hopefully I still got my partner. We didn't do very well last year, but we're we going to get back. We're going to get back. You got to be willing to fold them so that you can get yourself in a better position when it's time to hold them. Sometimes you just got to walk away. It's the same with investing in the stock market. Day traders understand this. They got tools set up that's called stop loss and take profit. What does that mean? They set limits to their losses and their profits. For the day traders, they say, if I make this much in a day, I'm out. If I lose this much in a day, I'm out. Because I want to live to win another day. It's just legal gambling. I know what y'all doing. They day trading stuff. But they're successful. Day traders that are successful understand it's a long game, not just for the day. And sometimes you got to walk away even from good opportunities. Now, to make things a little bit more personal for us, uh, in the book, she shares a story about Dr. Sarah Martinez. Um, in 2021, the summertime of 2021, she reached out to Annie Duke, and she was trying to get help on whether she should uh, quit her job or stay in the position that she's at. Uh, she had been an emergency room uh, doctor for 16 years. She did her job so well uh, that they promoted her to director of emergency and trauma services in 2015, and then in 2020, she became senior director of patient care quality for 12 emergency departments in the hospital's healthcare system. Whew. A lot on her plate. But as she excelled, so did her stress level. And so she started to feel the effects of, uh, of her stress in her own personal health, uh, in her relationship with her family, namely with her children, because uh, she just didn't have the time to be around as much as she wanted. And even when she was there, she wasn't there mentally. And so she thought about quitting for over a year and never acted on it. But in 2021, a friend said, listen, um, I think this job with this insurance company will be a good fit for you. She recommended her friend. And, uh, and of course, she just, she excelled through the whole interview process. And they made her an offer. And so she had to make a decision. And she was trying to figure out, should I take this new job or not? And Annie asked her this question. Imagine it's a year from now, 
and you stayed in the job you're currently at, what's the possibility you'll be unhappy at the end of the year? She said, I know I'll be unhappy. So 100%. Then Annie asked her this, if it's a year from now and you switch this new job, what's the probability that you're going to be unhappy? She said, I'm not sure. But definitely not 100%. That's when she realized, I'm always going to be unhappy if I stay. If I go, there's a chance that I'll be unhappy, but there's also a greater probability that I will find happiness, that I will find some type of real fulfillment in this job I'm switching to, and that has to be better. Sometimes you got to walk away. Sometimes we stick to things, and we know that a year from now, we're still going to be unhappy. Because sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking that our own, like our well-being, spiritual well-being, emotional, mental, uh, will change even if nothing else does. It's just not the case. Now, apply this line of thinking to our dating relationships, and we may benefit from the same logic, right? You know where I'm going with this, huh, Roland? <laughs> I... I I think we've lost the art of breaking up. I think we've lost the art of breaking up. What do I mean by that? I think we stick around too long sometimes. That's hard to my friends that are single and dating. And I think because of that, because we're constantly in complicated on and off again situations, that we miss the opportunity to truly experience new relationships. And I'm going to tell you this. Just about everybody I know that's married, happily married, will tell you about the story of the person they had to walk away from or the person that walked away from them. And guess what? They're happy about it. Okay? All right, guess what? Okay, we're going to praise them in here. We're going to praise them in here. I think the Lord brought me here today to tell some of you today that no, you don't need a break. You need a break up. Pull the Band-Aid off. Set boundaries on the relationship. Actually say, that's it. I'm going to see other people. And I love y'all. And y'all be like, yeah, I, I blocked him. I unfriended her. Knowing good and well, you know exactly how to get in touch with him when you get lonely. Listen. There is no blocking, no unfriending, no deleting that's going to take the place of a decision that you make in your heart for God and for yourself, right, to to move forward in your life, right? So some of us got to go ahead and say, that's it. Take the Band-Aid off. Hey, I'm ready for something new. Sometimes we got to, or we'll continue to miss out on the opportunities that arise from necessary endings. One life ends, another begins. Sometimes you got to walk away, but sometimes you got to fight. Sometimes you got to fight, and that's my second point. 
Sometimes you've got to fight. This is something that Paul tells Timothy um, as he's writing him uh, a letter in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11. He says this, But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things, pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. So here Paul is saying running is a way to fight. You got, if you're going to fight well, if you're going to have some victories in your life, you're going to have to learn to run away from evil things or run away from good things that are causing evil in our lives. And I don't know what that is for you, but I think you may know. I think you may know the things that you've been holding on to way too long. And today God is saying it is time to move on. Running is a part of fighting, but so is pursuing. And so here's the thing. If we run away from something, we got to also run towards something better. If not, we're going to just be in limbo. And it's so much easier for Satan to get us after we've let go of some things if we haven't moved toward the good things. That's what repentance is all about. It's not just about saying, I'm not going to do something anymore. It's about saying, no, I'm going to stop that, leave that behind, but I'm going to pursue faith. A godly life, love, perseverance, gentleness. I'm going to go after these things. Amen? Amen. See, we got to be on the offensive if we're going to fight. Part of the being on the offensive for us is making sure that we don't do it alone. You know, that's our theme for the year, never alone. It, it means that we're building a team around us that can accomplish the mission together. You see, the problem lies when the e- lies in, 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 the, in the situations when the evil one tries to convince us that we should walk away from Jesus and his church. See, some of us, we've been struggling. It's like, oh, I'm just going to take a break from Jesus. I just got to take away from the church people. I'm just, I, just got, I just need some time on my, by myself. That's Satan. Nothing ever good comes out of that. Ever. I have never seen anybody that said, I'm going to leave the church and do better spiritually. Now, what it may do is humble us and see how bad it really is without a community of people and then bring us back. So we all need to go on whatever journey God allows us to go on and we make decisions we're going to make. But that's never a healthy thing. If, say, if you're ever tempted to say, I'm going to walk away from Jesus and his church, just know that's, that's, that's from the evil one. And he's trying to get you to be on your own so he can really attack and try to take you out. We got to do this thing together. In the movie, the enemy didn't stop pursuing. He, the, the, the bad guys, they didn't stop. Satan is not going to stop while we're on this side of heaven. Just because you run for a time doesn't mean that you're going to be free. You're going to, oh, I don't, I don't escape. No, he keeps chasing. And there's going to be a point where we all have to take our stand. And we're going to have to fight the good fights. And the movie highlights, you know, very common family dynamics. They, have, they got issues, but at the end of the day, they got to come together to fight a common enemy. And this is one thing that Jake Sully says. He says, wherever we go, the family is our fortress. 
We are safe when we're in God's spiritual family. There is a fortress there because we can rely on each other's strengths. Amen? Now, we got to understand there is a common enemy wrecking havoc in our cities, in our towns, in our neighborhoods. Whenever you get invested in your community, it doesn't take long to see the issues. Ain't that right? But sometimes it does take long for us to do something about it. That's why we have our mission groups. We're trying to take the summer to, to build up our mission groups, our, our, our groups of people here in the church all around this city to build community and camaraderie, which happens when we are consistent, right? Meeting consistently, consistent time and place and people and message and doing it over and over again so people know that they can find us and that we're serious about this thing. And we call them mission groups for a reason, because we're on a mission. We want to help as many people as possible have an opportunity to experience God in a fulfilling and satisfying way. And you know what the enemy's going to do? He's going to attack. He's going to attack our mission groups because he knows the impact that we can have, right? And you know, he's going to attack our unity. He always does. It's the same old tricks. He's going to attack our interpersonal relationships. A kingdom divided against itself will not stand. A household Divided against itself will not stand. A mission group divided against itself will not stand. And in the same way our physical families have issues, our, our spiritual family has issues. Our mission groups got issues. Maybe you're still on the honeymoon phase, maybe not. I don't know, but it's coming if you're not there yet. But at the end of the day, we got to come together and fight the common enemy. Amen, church? And it's going to take every single one of us doing our part. Uh, I'm so, you know, God has, God has been moving. I mean, there's been a couple instances even in this past week where I've just seen and been a part of just every person doing their part. And so one was we were at Ramon's 30th birthday celebration. His coworkers came and his coworkers encouraged him saying, and I look to you. I'm trying to get married. I look at you, I'm looking to you. So how, how you're doing in your marriage. I'm learning from you. You're leading the way. Thank you. This past week, you know, we, we were at a softball practice, and one of the, the moms came to me and was like, ask for prayer. Can you pray for me about this? And I'm looking at those situations, and I'm like, what would happen if Christians weren't in those circles? What would happen? And so that's why I say it takes every single one of us to do our part. Now, to close out, um, you know, in Avatar, there's one of the characters that struggled with what was her part, what did it mean for her to do her part? What, who was she? What was her part in the family? Uh, how did she fit in? And so our special guest for today, Layla Maldonado, is going to come out now, and she's going to uh, close us out with some lessons that she learned uh, about this character. Let me go ahead and get this mic for you. I appreciate how hard you worked on this this week, Layla, and it was just fun doing it together. All right, go for it. Hi, if you don't know me, I'm Layla Maldonado. Um, I'm 12 years. Ooh, I'm sorry. I'm 12 years old, and I'm going into seventh grade, and I'm really psyched about this. It was really fun getting to watch the movie again because I had already watched it, but like watching for the themes, the different stories, and the different ways it connected to Jesus and 
Today I'm going to be sharing about Kiri. She's the adopted daughter of Jake. She's the oldest, and she has special, unique powers and gifts. So her mom is human. She was in the first movie. Her name's Grace. And she never knew who her father was, which kind of made her feel like she didn't belong. So this scene shows her and Jake talking, so let's take a look. So what is it, baby girl? You missing Spider? Yeah. Yeah. But that's not it. Okay. So what is it? I feel her, Dad. You feel who? Ewa. I hear her breathing. I hear her heartbeat. She's so close. She's just there. Like a word about to be spoken. I know you think I'm crazy. You're not crazy, baby girl. So what does Ava's heartbeat sound like? Mighty. That scene sticks out to me because usually in the world, people my age, like, really want to be like everyone else. And they struggle with the fact that maybe a part of them is different. So you can see Kiri struggling when she talks to her dad, saying that he must think she's crazy. Let's see the scripture that can help us with this. Can everyone please turn to Deuteronomy 31, verse 6? So the scripture is, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. So this scripture has always reminded me that I have a place of belonging with God, and he'll never leave us even when we feel like we don't fit in or belong. We need to be strong and trust that he will help us. So that brings us to our question today. And in what ways have you maybe been looked at differently? It could be the way you dress, some of your gifts or talents, or maybe you just think differently from everyone else. Whatever it is, we'd love to hear from you. Um, skin color, your hair, the way you look, your perspective, your looks, your dress. I can relate to a lot of those. Uh, my skin color too, because as you may know, I'm mixed and I do have like a light color. So people have uh, told me that I'm kind of like, they have told me that I'm just like a rip off and that I'm fake. So I can also relate to that because basically at school, everyone brought their phones and I thought that I should do that, but seeing what it caused changed my mind. There were fights broken out because of things texted in class, phones being taken, and you can tell that the parents were mad at that because them phones are expensive. And, and there are even suspensions because they were maybe not paying attention to what the teacher was saying. And I thought, is it really worth getting in trouble just to do what everyone else does? Thinking in a Christian way has saved me from getting in trouble numerous times. Now let's see how Curie's differences save her family and people around her. 
So the power that she has in her being different not only saved the people around her, but she probably learned that being different is okay and even good. We don't always see the amazingness of being different, but sometimes being unique and Christians, of course, can save us from our sins and help us with our journeys. We can also look to Jesus for this. To close us out, let's look at John 1, verse 10 to 12. And it reads, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but, the, but his own world did not receive him. Yet to all who did, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When Jesus came to the world, even he was rejected and tortured. But as the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will be in God's family forever. So remember, we all have a place of belonging with God. He will always be our family. Even when we don't feel like we belong or we're different, God loves us for us. Let's pray for communion. Dear God, thank you for the opportunities to walk away, the opportunities to fight. Thank you for this great blockbuster summer. And uh, please just help us when we feel like maybe we don't belong or we feel different because of the way other people treat us. But please help us to remember that we always have a place of belonging with you, that you always will welcome us into your big open arms of your family. And we always have a place of belonging with you. Uh, please bless the rest of these amazing people's day and please help them to just remember um, our sermon and thank you for this amazing chance to preach your word. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.